Hello, listeners. We are going to kick this episode off with some pretty straightforward questions. Do you have plans to keep using? Thinking about going back and using? Contemplating whether or not to delete that drug dealer's phone number or pour the alcohol sitting in your house down the drain? Considering whether or not to go get help now or wait until things get worse? These are some of the reservations people have when it comes to addiction and recovery. It's time we focus on doing something important, and that is canceling your reservations. My name is Andrew J. Schreier, and you are listening to Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss and explore issues related to both addiction and recovery, along with a variety of other topics like mental health, treatment, and stigmas, for example. Today's episode is going to focus on something most, if not all, people who use alcohol or drugs experience from time to time, and that is having reservations. The topic of reservations is not something you are necessarily going to hear about when you're talking about addiction and recovery, but hopefully by the end of this episode, you will understand why we cannot ignore them. And to start off really is breaking it down to what is a reservation. And a reservation is means someone is holding something back. And we've all experienced reservations in our lives. There are all kinds of situations where we are either uncomfortable or uncertain, and that is completely normal. And I'm talking about everyone in life, not just people with addiction or people in recovery or people with mental health or other issues. I'm talking to the whole lot of us. But going from active use and attempting to achieve abstinence, sobriety, or long-term recovery are definitely filled with large amounts of certainties and being uncomfortable. Even though having reservations is a normal thing, it can be detrimental to someone with substance use issues and someone who is in recovery. A reservation is something that is really calling over to you to try and get you to turn back to alcohol or drug use. You know, So think about it. Do you have any reservations about the following? Reservations about sobriety. Reservations about treatment. Reservations about recovery. Reservations about attending support groups, reservations about changing your thinking, reservations about engaging in new activities or hobbies that aren't related to alcohol and drug use, reservations about facing your emotions, reservations about making new friends and relationships, or reservations about making amends and taking accountability for your actions. Do any of those sound uncomfortable or possibly filled with some uncertainties? And the answer is, of course they do. Come on now. that All of those things requires change. And that change can lead to being uncomfortable with going through with it, you know, learning new things, how is it going to work out, and then filled with uncertainty, not knowing if it's going to give you the outcome you desired, not knowing when it might happen. So the, the hardest part, with this is that with addiction often comes the we want what we want and we want it now and addiction tells you what you want to hear while recovery often tells you what you need to hear so unfortunately with addiction it's going to try and tell you everything you want to know in order to feel better avoid being responsible escaping your problems numbing your feelings and it's going to really prey on that instant gratification Recovery is going to be more straightforward with you 
and acknowledge that, yeah, things are going to be uncomfortable and there's going to be a lot of uncertainties through your life. Recovery, you know, plays on that hope that you believe in doing it, you can get to those points in your life that you want to. But it's not going to happen right away. It's not going to happen at the snap of fingers. You know, example that would be like trust. You know, trust is not going to be something that's just going to be given to you because you decide to stop using or even because you are no longer using. That might take time. But recovery says if you keep doing the right thing, maintaining abstinence, and with time and other things, trust can be built. But it, it tells you that it's something that could happen in the future. When you look at something like trust, it could be uncomfortable. There's a lot of uncertainty. When will someone trust me? How much will they trust me? How long will it take for them to trust me? So once again, you know, addiction is going to tell you what you want to hear. And recovery tells you what you need to hear. And the perfect mental image used in this discussion for reservations is to imagine addiction is this five diamond restaurant. And it's beautiful from the moment you even pull into the parking lot. It's got valet parking. It's got the red carpet rolled out and the entire restaurant is open just for you whatever you want it's willing to give it to you and and right away and there are multiple tables with the fine linen and fancy silverware just waiting for you to have a seat and addiction owns this restaurant and you are their only number one customer so you kind of starting to get this picture a little bit i'm almost imagining like this old school mafia style scene in a movie where you are mean the boss only this time the addiction wants you to believe that you are that boss and everyone there and everything there is to cater to you now at these tables are reservations you are holding from either stopping alcohol or drug use or they are reservations that are inviting you back into using alcohol and drugs okay so let me take you to a tour of what some of these tables look like. Over here, table one is telling you your thinking's right. There's nothing wrong with your thinking. You're absolutely correct. Table two tells you that there's nothing wrong with your friends or who you hang out with. You can hang out with anybody that you want to. If you want to stop using, you can. It has nothing to do with who you're around with. All those people, they care about you. They want what's best for you. Over at table number three, we have you don't want to feel those emotions. You don't want to feel the discomfort, the pain, the loneliness, the sadness, the frustration. There's nothing good that comes out of feeling those emotions. Table number four is going to tell you that, hey, it's not your fault. Don't worry about it. It's other people's fault. If other people would just change or do things differently, you wouldn't be in the situation that you're in. Table five is saying you don't even have a problem. You can have just one. It's just a little. It's just this. You're using cocaine. It's not crack. You're doing prescription pain meds. It's not heroin. You're only doing a little bit of heroin or just for this one weekend, that's okay. That's not a problem. Other people have it worse than you. Table number six is you can do it on your own. You know, you don't need anybody. No one can help you. 
You're smart enough. You're wise enough. You're strong enough. Table number seven, we walk over and there's, you can keep hanging out at the old places. This is one of them. You can keep going to the bars. You can keep going to the, the parties. You can keep hanging around the areas that you want to. There's nothing wrong with those places. If you want to stop, you can. You don't have to do it while you're there, but you don't have to stop going. Table number eight is treatment is for people with addiction. You don't need that. You don't have to go get help. You don't need help. Treatment isn't going to work. Treatment's going to make you do things you don't want to do. Table nine, you know, why be patient when you can have it right now? You want what you want, can get it to you right now, this moment. Why work towards those things that take time and patience when you can have what you want right this moment? And table number 10 is sobriety is boring. You want to have fun, right? I mean, this is where you have fun. You can't have fun without this. If you think you can go and do those things without this, it's going to be boring. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to have your confidence. You're not going to be able to socialize and meet people. You need this. So these are the tables that are set at this restaurant as far as reservations about stopping using or even going back into using. I've always said that addiction loves to wine and dine you. It will treat you in every way you hoped for. And when people continue to use or, or relapse going back to using, they often feel that way. But every time, it ends up not being what it promised. It's interesting because I read a quote recently that recovery fulfills all the promises that alcohol and drugs made. But addiction wants you to believe it can do it. So when you go through your little tour of reservations, it's not going to tell you your thinking is wrong, you need to change friends, you're going to feel some intense emotions, it's your responsibility, you have a problem, you need help, you need to stop hanging around all those places, treatment's what's best for you, be patient, sobriety can be fun. Absolutely not. That would be terrible service if we're thinking about this in the restaurant mental image. The addiction wants to keep you there. And it will tell you anything and everything it needs to in order to keep you using or have you return. And even though addiction preys on instant gratification, let me tell you, it can also be patient. It will hold your reservations as long as you keep them. Now, let me say that again. The restaurant will hold your reservation as long as you keep them. There isn't a time frame on this. And not only is there no time frame on keeping the reservations, but the addiction restaurant will gladly accept any new reservations. Going to hold all the tables for you at all times and the moment you want to come back it's ready for you with that red carpet now one of the problems with reservations is that they are often not based in reality so let me tell you a story to kind of highlight that so I had a client who was pretty young and in his early 30s with problems with alcohol use and he was never in denial about his alcohol use being a problem he was in treatment after receiving his fourth dui charge and he actually avoided going to prison by accepting treatment as an alternative and this client was really enjoyable to have in counseling sessions we could sit down 
and just have honest, exploratory conversations about his alcohol use and, and recovery. He was pretty much like a model resident in the program, so we never really had to focus on like behavioral issues or anything else. But he really struggled when it came to the idea of like meeting the love of his life without alcohol. You know, and, and with talking with him about it, he had this really challenging time imagining going on a date getting engaged getting married and being some with someone for the rest of his life and alcohol not being a part of that you know so he saw alcohol as a way of his confidence in being able to talk to a woman alcohol to him was also something that was used for celebrations and important events like an engagement and wedding he believed alcohol was something his future love of his life was going to be able to do socially and he wouldn't be able to because he identified himself as an alcoholic because of all this you know he often talked about reservations about quitting alcohol use entirely and because of not being able to enjoy those moments if alcohol isn't present now at the time this is where we kind of look at the reality of this He was in jail prior to treatment. He transitioned into treatment after being in jail. Prior to jail, he didn't have any a girlfriend at the time and didn't have anyone while he was in treatment, so he wasn't with anyone in treatment. So here we are talking in sessions about all these reservations about stopping alcohol use for things that are not even happening. So you see kind of what happens? While those are things that could happen in the future and I would want him to there's nothing wrong with wanting to find the love of his life it is possible to do all that while being sober and in recovery and without the need to use alcohol in order to accomplish that the point of this story is reservations are often found in that realm of future concerns doubts fears and what-ifs he had reservations about not being able to drink at his wedding when he was not even currently seeing or dating anyone. You know, the difficult part about this topic and the most serious reasoning is reservations can lead to tragic consequences. You know, one more time using or going back to using after sobriety can be dangerous and even fatal. There are many... You know, there are so many different reservations people have. And this is another area of addiction treatment and counseling that I think is often not talked about very often. You know, we think about what are your reservations? What fears do you have? What is stopping you from letting go of something that is causing so much destruction and chaos? You don't see them either, or you don't always see them until they come up. And I think reservations are things people really keep secret into themselves. As a treatment provider, you know, one of the things I often ask with someone first seeing me or being referred for an assessment is, you know, why why not stop now? Why not make the goal of stopping your alcohol and, and drug use right now? You know, when we get calls for intakes to come into treatment, we try and get them in as soon as possible. You know, so if someone calls in on Monday, we want to try and get them in on Tuesday. Someone comes in on Tuesday, we want to try and get them in, you know, on Wednesday. But some people, they'll schedule an intake for a few days later, even a week later. 
And while some people talk about treatment not being available, we are often trying to get people in as soon as they can. You know, often I hear some people talk about wanting to stop, but not wanting to make that change right then and there. They hold back. They talk about not being able to do it right now or needing other things to happen. I hear things like, I'll do it when I run out of what I currently have. I'll do it after the weekend. I'll do it when things at work slow down. I'll do it when my family can manage or handle things with me being gone. I'll do it when things are better financially. I'll stop once I get through, you know, whatever the case is. I'll get help when things get really bad. Maybe people won't like me when I'm sober. How am I going to have fun or enjoy life when things aren't, like, when I can't use any alcohol or drugs? These are all reservations. And asking yourself, like, what are you waiting for? What are you holding on to? It's so important to ask those questions. And in comparison to this story about my client and the love of his life and having reservations there. And you might think about like, well, that's, you know, not even happening. That's further down his life. He's got time for that. Here's the scary part and why I think it's really important to talk about reservations. I was working with an individual who was dealing with several issues that included cocaine use, alcohol, pornography and engaging in flirtatious behavior with people through social media during the course of a few sessions it was was apparent that the individual's phone was like a major trigger and it was an issue that was going on also with their significant other and I was meeting with the two of them during a collateral session and the phone issue came up and I, I was previously talking to him about it and they and he continued to put off my recommendation and do like an entire clean sweep of the phone And this is not something new. We would often do this in residential treatment settings. You know, at first, someone wasn't allowed to have their phone with them until a certain amount of time. Before giving it back to them, we would go through it and delete and remove anything that could be like a trigger or connect with them, their substance use. This could be drug dealers using peers, photos of them being under the influence, photos of drugs, photos of booze. And you can imagine as technology and social media has changed, that has added more to it what used to take a little bit of time can now take an entire session so you know now there are times when i'm asking people about what they have on their social media accounts and who they follow and and going through you know what you need to to recognize what are some triggers to alcohol and drug use even as technology has changed the practice of doing this hasn't so the next time so now I'm, I'm meeting with him and his wife and in talking with them about the concerns, she identified the phone and was really worried about looking up pornography and engaging in flirtatious behavior as like the main concerns. She wasn't too worried about the cocaine use, you know, because according to him, he stopped and she didn't notice any signs that he was using. So right then and there, once again, we talked about the phone and going through it and deleting things that didn't need to be there anymore. And I could really sense his hesitation and not wanting to do it. So he promised us in this session he was going to do it over the weekend. And if he didn't go through with it, we would do it next week. So time, you know, time's running out in session. He wasn't changing his mind. So, okay, let's come back next week and see what happens. Either he's going to do it over this weekend or we're going to do it next week. 
Well, the this the hardest part about this story is that coming back never happened. And apparently over the weekend he used cocaine from what was believed at the time was the cocaine was laced with fentanyl and he actually died of an overdose over the weekend. The the wife called me that Monday to let me know what happened. And I struggled for a while with this one because in a way it seemed like I missed something with him not wanting to give up that stuff on his phone, that there was some deep reservation there in relation to his phone. And while his wife was worried about him flirting and looking at pornography, which could also have been going on as well, you know, confronting the possible cocaine use was was not addressed. You know, he was so reluctant to on multiple occasions to go through his phone and delete things that shouldn't be there. You know, he had reservations and those reservations likely could have led to continued use or relapse to use. And, and this was the outcome, which incredibly sad and tragic. So one of the fears someone in my position, as you can imagine, someone who knows someone who's using, loves someone who's using, the reservation to stop using is that one more time or continued use or return to use, that could lead to a tragic outcome. One, you know, and you wonder, well, why, why don't people, why is it so hard to give up these things? Why is it so hard to cancel this stuff you know drug use causes so much destruction why is it so hard to just give that up i think one of the hardest parts about canceling reservations is recognizing it will result in loss you know canceling your reservations will result in losing things you will need to accept and deal with loss when you decide to stop using alcohol and drugs when you enter treatment when you embark on recovery and when you decide you want to make those changes you know, that the fear that is driving a lot of these reservations is a loss that will happen. You know, because I can't keep doing the same things I was doing before. I can't keep hanging out with the same people I was before. I can't keep avoiding and escaping the emotions. I think the loss of stopping use and everything that can go with it, it's not often addressed because, you know, sobriety and recovery is promoted and kind of advertised as something that's going to be great for you, amazing. It's going to take care of all your problems. Things will get better if you stop using. It's hard to really want to sit there and point out with someone that stopping their use does also result in an incredible amount of loss that you experience. I do believe that a part of what holds individuals back from making those choices to stop using or deciding to go into treatment or attending a support group is that by giving up alcohol or drug use that you're about to experience that, that loss. And alcohol and drugs doesn't teach you how to deal with loss. So we hold on to these reservations and not wanting to get rid of it. Even though it's something bad and has been causing pain, there's hesitancy to give it up. You know, by throwing it away, there's something that will be lost. Now, if my words aren't helping you connect with this idea, let's use a, a picture and there's a great cartoon that depicts this. And I was given to this by my supervisor, um, who's going to be a future guest on this podcast to talk about guilt and shame. 
and I'll post this cartoon on my social media accounts as well for people to view. So make sure to check it out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. But there's this, this amazing cartoon that shows this, what looks like a husband and wife rat in the kitchen and the husband's sitting down with a bowl ready and the wife is near the kitchen cabinet and she's by the cereal and she's pulling out a box and the box says rat poison. And this is the quote that comes from the cartoon. You know, it's, it's weirdly dumb to keep this right next to the cereal. In fact, I don't know why we even keep the stuff around in the first place. So you're thinking they're rats. Why are they keeping rat poison, one, next to the cereal? But why are they keeping it in the house in the first place? If you have alcohol and drugs around, if you hold on to the names and phone numbers of drug dealers, if you continue to lack in coping skills and depend on alcohol and drugs to escape, avoid, and numb, if you believe you can only be a certain way or accomplish a certain thing with the use of alcohol or drugs, you're going to keep the reservation. If you keep the reservation around at some point, whether in the near or future, later future, there is the idea of being able to go back to it. We don't keep things around that at some point we don't have some idea that I will need this. That's why we don't throw things away. That is the perfect summary of why keeping those reservations is dangerous. And so we might think, well, yeah, rats keeping rat poison, but that's that is no different than some people keeping around alcohol and drug use. That is your rat poison. You know, to many people, that will kill them. And keeping it around, not just next to the cereal, but all the things associated with it, you know, why, why do we keep that around in the first place? So what do we do? You know, what do we do about them? So here are five tips for dealing with reservations in relation to alcohol and drug use and and some of the other things related to it. Number one, admit that you have them. It's okay to have them. You know, honestly, I'm suspicious if someone doesn't have them. If someone comes in my office and they're telling me, you know, the first time, this happens too, by the way, is I have someone telling me um, they come into my office and you know, for some reason, they're motivated to come see me. There, there could be some pressure to, or they want someone to get off their back. So they come to see me and they tell me everything I want to hear. Thinking I've never heard that. But they tell me everything that I want to hear, that they're going to stop using. This isn't going to be a problem. You know, I ask about their plans, and their plans are really, well, I'm just going to stop. And those are terrible plans. And, you know, then all of a sudden I'm talking about, well, like, do you have any any hesitations about this? Like any reservations? Like do you, do you find yourself having any challenges about this being difficult, uncomfortable? Um, you worried about how you're going to be without it? And they're just like, nope, I'm good. Well, how often do you think when they come back, they have stopped using? Let me tell you, it doesn't happen very often. 
So it's okay to have reservations. Lying about them, denying that they exist, pretending that you don't have them is not helpful either. Number two, the goal is to understand them. It's important to understand why you're having reservations. What is it that you're having a hard time letting go of? What fears are you having? What what if questions are floating around? What are your hesitations? By doing so, we need to get more comfortable with the uncomfortable. You know, similar to what we do when it comes to dealing with urges. Number three, reservations can be ongoing. They can happen when someone is using and trying to decide on whether or not to stop. They can happen when someone is sober and trying to decide on whether or not to use again. It is not a linear act. Anything that can trigger uncertainty or being uncomfortable, resulting in the idea of holding back, creates that reservation. Remember that addiction can be patient as well. And it will hold reservations for years, even as long as you want, as long as you want to keep them, they'll, they'll hold them. It's important to constantly be aware of what you begin to even think about making a reservation. Number four, reservations are reservations. They are not good or bad automatically. Sometimes a reservation can hold us back from doing something we shouldn't do. And that could actually be beneficial. You need to take an honest, genuine, authentic look at this reservation and acknowledge if it's better for your recovery or for the addiction. Here's a great question. Am I going back at that restaurant with addiction or am I going somewhere different or new that might not be that five diamond restaurant? And number five, Cancel your reservations. By doing so, acknowledge there is going to be loss. Acknowledge that canceling those reservations and embarking on something different will often lead to uncertainty and and being uncomfortable. Something you've got to face if you're going to make changes or if you're going to take steps to try and make improvements in your life. Now, there are really three important points I want to make to really emphasize during this conclusion. One of the reasons why I believe the mental image of a restaurant is so valuable is because it's exactly what addiction, alcohol, and drugs does to you. It it wants you to believe that using is giving you all that you want. You're sitting there feeling full and all good, but... We all know addiction does not feel that way. Addiction is filled with emptiness, with pain, with destruction, with loss, and with misery. I know people who are homeless because of their addiction yet still think that they're using is that five-diamond restaurant. I know people who are recovering from an overdose, which in this case would be almost like receiving food poisoning from the restaurant and still going back believing it's going to be different this time. We got to break through some of that denial and recognize using is not that five diamond restaurant. We are fooled into believing it is. It's time we pull back the curtain and see what's really going on. The second important point to make is I'm not going to say recovery is that five diamond restaurant either. 
even though there are some very nice and very well-financed treatment centers, you know, I'm not going to say recovery is giving, going to give you everything you want and treat you like the most important person you sometimes think you are. It's a little bit of an ego check. Recovery does not work that way. Recovery, I say, is often promoted that way to try and get someone into treatment, you know, and try and get them sober. But recovery is hard. Sobriety is challenging. Treatment takes a lot of work. All of the things you need to do in order to stop using, maintain abstinence, and embark on recovery are not easy, but they are worth it. I love the documentary Unguarded, which is a story of Chris Heron, who was an NBA basketball player struggling with addiction. Amazing documentary. It's one of the things I tell most people to watch. And one of my favorite scenes, you know, as someone who's worked in multiple treatment settings in my career is when he's at a treatment program and he's talking about being in the pot sink where he washed dishes from 5.30 a.m. in the morning until 10 at night. And he said, quote, I found myself in that place. I found my soul. These are some of the moments in a person's life that will stand out the most. Stuck in a pot sink, washing distance provides this moment of clarity like finding your soul as opposed to being continuously wined and dined by your alcohol and drug use. I always say treatment and recovery is not always going to be pretty. And I say this as I spent three years working in a residential program where I was running one and a half to three hour groups a day in a basement with no windows with 12 to 14 guys. But that was our room. That was where some of the best moments we could have in making change and helping one another happened. Some of the greatest client stories I've shared with other clients and patients, with family members, with professionals in this field, with communities, in my book, and even this podcast happened in that basement. But I know when I give people a tour of it, And I say, this is where you're going to be doing group hours a day for the next couple of months. I know that addiction in their mind is getting a reservation ready. It is telling them you don't need this. You want to be stuck down here when you can go do what you want. You think this is actually going to help. I know that the table is being set. And I do my best part to help people believe and what this room can do, and hopefully that helps them make the choice to cancel those reservations and stick around, even if it is in a basement. The third point about reservations also comes down to this. When you are thinking about stopping using or going to get help or attending a meeting or seeking therapy or any other decision that you you likely know is best for you, but you are hesitating doing it because of that discomfort and uncertainty. Here's a short yet amazing quote to say to yourself. One day or day one, you decide. If you are holding reservations, you will keep saying one day. And that one day can push to many days and it could push it to the point where it never happens. 
if you cancel your reservations, today could be day one. Powerful. Powerful. Those individuals who make the decision to stop at some point have to say today is day one. It is worth repeating that addiction loves to wine and dine you. And there are times when you're going to want to believe it, that it will be different and it won't be the same. But every single time, addiction leaves you with the check that as use continues, the consequences and costs continue to pile up and that bill gets larger. In order to prevent that from happening, we have to focus on canceling those reservations. They're going to lead to continued use or a return to use even after stopping. So listen again to those five tips and focus on canceling your reservations. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I hope you learned something.